Hi everyone. Well, I'm really excited to be speaking today and starting a brand new teaching series here at the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Um, we're calling it Church Without Walls. We're going to be spending some time in the weeks ahead looking at God's amazing vision for the church and what it means for us to play our part in it. Obviously, over the last few months, we've had to work out what it means to be the church without meeting together on a Sunday. Much of church life has changed. Uh, we haven't been able to do in-person gatherings on Sundays or in life groups. Some of our activities have paused. And, you know, we've been doing church online now for 17 weeks. Um, the team that produces every week have just done an incredible job serving our church so well. And I'm so grateful to them. But I really miss our in-person gatherings. I miss being together as a church on a Sunday. I miss worshipping with everyone together at King's. You know, it's been fantastic this last week to see Home Coffee House open for business again. The first kind of small step, but a significant step out of lockdown for us. This season of lockdown has kind of caused us to have to ask some questions about what it means to be the church. You see, God's plan for the church was always far more than simply a weekly meeting. It can be so easy to reduce church to that, to reduce it simply down to a thing that I attend once a week. But God's intention for his church has always been so much bigger than that, so much more than simply a weekly service. How are we the church when we can't meet together on Sunday? It's caused us to look afresh at the Bible to say, well, what does the Bible actually teach us about what it means to be Jesus's church? And that's what we're going to spend some time looking at this morning and in this series. What I want to do today, I want to just lay out a kind of a big picture vision, like I'm painting a big multicolored painting of the kind of biblical vision of the church that we see in the Bible. And I've called today's message, The Father's Plan. The Father's eternal plan, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Some people um, may ask this question. If there is a God, then what is he doing in the world right now? I mean, if God is God, what's the big plan? Maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a question that you're asking whilst watching this today. I mean, the world seems pretty chaotic and um, pretty random. Certainly, it seems full of injustice and at times very fragile. We're often shocked by the violence that we see. We're often shocked by the way people treat one another. I mean, has Christianity actually got anything to say to a world as messed up and as chaotic as ours? Has, has God got a plan? Or is Christianity just like an abstract set of beliefs that just kind of comfort religious people to help them get through day-to-day -day life? Is that what it is? I mean, does God actually have a plan? Well, the Bible says definitely, yes, he does. And I'm going to read some words from the New Testament. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians. I'm going to read from there, from Ephesians chapter 3, verses that kind of give us an insight into God's plan for the world that we're living in today. And it says this. I'm going to read from verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 3. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in these verses, Paul says very, very clearly, God has a plan for the universe. He has an eternal purpose. That's what Paul says in verse 11. God has an eternal purpose. That means that before there was anything in the world, before our understanding of time even began, God had a plan. He had a purpose. He had an intention. He had a grand scheme for the world and for the universe. It's not random. There is a divine plan. And he's had this plan since eternity past. Now, I reckon this. If, if God has a plan for the universe, and if he's always had this plan... I reckon it's a good thing for us to understand what this plan is to, and to try and get on board with it. The whole message of this book, the Bible, um, is to help us understand God's plan for the world. What's it all about? What, what's going to happen? Where do we fit into this? God hasn't actually left us in the dark. It's revealed in here, in this book, the Bible. Now, that hasn't always been the case, actually. Paul says in these verses that there was a time where God's plan was hidden. It had kind of been kept secret as a mystery. God hadn't fully revealed what his purpose was. But now, Paul says, he has. Paul had received grace from God to preach about Jesus, and it says to make plain this ministry. That is, to help people see, to help people understand what God was doing in and through human history. That's what Paul's ministry was about, was to help people see that God had a plan that he was achieving through his son, Jesus Christ. It's really important that we notice this. This eternal plan would be accomplished through Jesus. That's what it says in verse 11. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, Jesus is at the very center of God's plan for the world, for the universe, for, for everyone, for you and for me. Jesus is at the very center of that plan. If you want to know what God is doing in the world, you need to see that he's doing it through his son, Jesus. His eternal purpose that he had since the foundation of the world would be accomplished through his son. That is why Jesus is easily the most central, the most influential, the most significant, the most important person in all of human history because the living God has an eternal plan that he is working out through his son, Jesus. This eternal plan was to see men and women, people like me and you, saved and forgiven and reconciled through Jesus' death on a cross into a relationship with God. It's what we call the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ordinary men and women like me and you, loved, forgiven, and welcomed by God. But it's really important for us to understand that this eternal plan isn't just about kind of me and my salvation. It's not just about me and Jesus. Christianity has always got a much broader scope than that. It starts with us getting right with God, but God has a plan for all of creation. So Paul says that before there was anything in creation. He had, God had a plan. He had an eternal purpose. He was going to accomplish this purpose through his son, Jesus. So what's the plan? Well, we need to look back at the verses again. Verse 10. His intent, God's intent, God's plan, was that now, through the church, 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Jesus. Here's the big reveal. Here's God's plan. It's like Paul is putting back the curtain so that we can see the whole stage. This is the mystery that had been kept hidden but had now been revealed in Jesus. God's intent was that now, in this period of human history that we are living in, now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. God's eternal purpose was to be outworked through the church. Wow. This is the big picture vision of the local church. And God doesn't have a backup plan. He doesn't have a contingency. All his eggs are in this particular basket. This is his plan. You and me and our church and the global church, God wants to display something of his glory and his wisdom through us. His manifold wisdom. Manifold means multicolored and varied, like different colors of threads on a tapestry or different colored flowers in a bouquet. God's intent, his plan is to reveal his multicolored, multi-diverse, manifold, glorious wisdom and glory through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. What do we mean the heavenly realms? We've got to do a bit of work on that. To understand what it means by the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. The Bible talks about the fact that there are two very real realms. There is earth where we live and there is heaven where God lives. And every now and again these realms intersect heaven and earth together. Jesus taught us to pray that your kingdom of heaven come on earth. And there is a heavenly realm out there. And Paul says that God's plan is that his wisdom and his glory would be displayed through us to the heavenly realms. So this is the headline. It's a, it's a head record to get your head around. But God's plan is this, to do something so amazing on earth through his church that it even causes angels to go, wow, look at that. Look what God's doing now through them. The church is this diverse, multiracial, multicultural community, this beautiful tapestry made up of every color and thread. No other human community resembles it. And the heavenly realms go, wow, what, what's happening in and through the church is so amazing and so glorious that even the most spectacular, angelic beings who have spent their entire existence in the presence of the living God, even they are staggered and amazed at what they see happening through Jesus and his church. That's what these verses say. You see, there's nothing else in all creation that displays the wisdom and glory of God like his church, like our lives together. God's eternal plan was this new society, a a new humanity made up of ordinary men, women, and children loved by Jesus who would be established on earth. A new community transformed by the love of God. A, A new community where everyone was united in Jesus, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, all one in Christ. A new community that took Jesus' words to love their neighbor seriously. A new community that knew that servanthood rather than selfishness was the answer to the world's problems. A new community that radically loved God 
and radically loved people. A new community that lived for Jesus' glory and fame and not their own. A new community with Jesus as the head and the cornerstone that would fill the whole earth and reveal to nations what God was like. This is the vision of the local church. And there's nothing else like it on earth today. Right now, hundreds of millions of people in nearly every language and every continent on earth will be worshipping Jesus. From Bogota to Burgess Hill, from Hayward's Heath to Hong Kong, his church will be declaring his praise. You know, I've been to mega churches in America where their buildings are like shopping malls and they have membership of 20,000 plus people. And I've been to very rural churches in the bush in Kenya, in tribal communities where they don't even have a building. And somehow these two very different expressions of church are still part of the glorious big picture vision of God's wisdom and glory. They're part of the same family of God. They're so different and yet so united in Christ. And this vision of the church is something so amazing. It's diverse and yet so united that even the angels, even these principalities and powers in the heavenly realms have been brought to see that it's through the church that God's wisdom is greater than they've ever seen before. There was a great preacher in our nation, a guy called Martin Lloyd-Jones. He um, said of these verses, what we have to grasp and realize is that the Christian church to which you and I belong is the most astonishing phenomena the world has ever seen. The Christian church is more wonderful than anything seen in nature. This is God's eternal plan to be worked out through his son Jesus and his church. Now listen, we know the church is far from perfect. We are all too aware of its faults and failings. We know that the church has used its position and influence in times gone by for horrendous things. We're very aware of the church's imperfections, but we also know this. Whenever and wherever rulers and governments have tried to shut down the church, whenever the church has been persecuted, which it is around the world today, whenever the church has been scorned or laughed at or ridiculed or not taken seriously, still the church grows, still it serves, still it loves people, still it introduces men, women and children to the love of God. For whatever people have tried to do to stop and shut down the church. It keeps bringing up with fresh life somewhere else because God has a plan. It is an eternal plan to be accomplished through his son Jesus and through the church. God's plan for the church is not an afterthought. It's not a sideshow. It's not an irrelevant club hidden away somewhere in the corner of society. His plan is that now through the church, through our lives being built together, that we become the brightest display of the wisdom of God in all of creation. Angels are stooping down, looking and saying, wow, we've not seen that before. And guys, listen, God has not changed his eternal purpose. He's not abandoned it. His plan still remains to display his manifold wisdom through the church. So if we want to be in on God's plan for the world, the best place to start is in and through his church. Is this... Our view of the church, I mean, do we live with this big picture vision of what the local church is, what God is wanting to accomplish through Jesus and his church? Is this our understanding of how history will unfold? Because 
it's a really important question to ask. How we answer those questions will really impact what we think about the church, how we engage with it, how we view it. It's important for us to know that the Bible says that the center of God's eternal historical plan in Christ Jesus is that together with him, through this redeemed people called the church, it's you and me, he's going to reveal his glory to nations. It's not a small thing. It's not an irrelevant thing. It's an amazing thing. Again, let me just quote Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said this, As members of the body of Christ, we are the most wonderful phenomena in the universe. The most amazing thing that God has ever done. Wow. See, if the church is so central to God's purposes, as Paul seems to suggest, and Martin Lloyd-Jones seems to believe, how do we view and engage with the church? When someone asks us, what is God doing in the world right now? Do we realize that we're actually the answer to that question? Right now, we're living out God's grand eternal purpose through his church. And this will be carried on until God's plan is completed. I mean, what an amazing thing to be living your life for. Right now in Brazil and in Bulgaria and France and Fiji and Japan and South Africa and India and Nigeria and Kenya. The church is growing all around the world as a display of the glory and wisdom of God. And we get to be part of this eternal plan. The Bible says if you are a Christian, if you have turned away from a life thinking that actually life was about your plan, <laughs> and you've realized, no, no, life is about God's plan, and you followed Jesus and trusted him, you get to play your part in this eternal purpose, which means your life has divine meaning and significance and purpose because you've been invited into something which is eternal. We've been invited to participate in God's plan for the universe. Guys, church was always so much more than just a simple weekly meeting on a Sunday. Our weekly meetings are massively important, but the vision is much bigger than that. To be the church without walls is to recognize the eternal plan that God has always had. And in this series, we're going to be looking at many themes. We're going to be looking at Jesus' commitment to his church, how the Spirit loves to dwell in the church. We're going to look at what it means to be this devoted community, loving one another and loving our neighbor. But before we get into all of that, let's just marvel for a moment of God's eternal plan that we get to be part of it. Now listen, you may be watching this and maybe you'd say, well, I'm not a Christian, I'm not a church goer. And you may be thinking, what is this guy talking about? Well, I want to offer an invitation to you right now. I'm going to pray because there's an invitation for you to become part of what God is doing in the world. The Bible says, basically, we have all lived our lives thinking that actually our plan is best. We've got a plan for our lives and we're going to do that, thank you very much. But actually, the Bible says God has a plan for our lives, and it's the best plan. But actually, to enter into that, we have to recognize that we've done our own thing. We have to, what the Bible says, repent, which means kind of turn around. We're heading in this direction, doing life for ourselves, and we recognize, no, no, there's a bigger plan. I need to repent. I need to say sorry to God, and I need to put my trust in Jesus and follow him. And it may be that as you're watching this, you want to make that decision today to trust in Jesus. And as you do that, as you make that decision to trust in Jesus, you find that you enter into God's amazing eternal plan and you will play your part. So I'm going to pray right now and maybe you want to pray with me wherever you're watching this, whenever you're watching this. 
Father in heaven, thank you that you have an eternal plan. I recognize that in my life I have lived for my plan, doing things my way rather than your way. I'm sorry. I want to trust Jesus today. I want to have a new start following Jesus and knowing God and playing my part in God's eternal purpose. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us through social media or email. We'd love to hear from you. Guys, thank you for listening. We're going to worship now. I've actually asked the teams to do a particular song that really speaks a little bit about this big picture vision of the church that I've been talking about this morning. The lyrics talk about when the church of Christ was born and the spirit lit the flame. This gospel truth of old shall not kneel, it shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. We're going to worship. We're going to declare some great things about who Jesus is and his plans for the church. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening.